welcome to the second version of The Full Count. This is Mark Wampler along with your co-host, morning, Brent Lewis, uh, welcoming you back once again this week. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about. We've got a few little trades going on. Um, we've got the mailbag again, uh, and I think Brent's going to jump on his soapbox for us again this week, uh, which is going to be interesting. Um, first off, we've got actually a new sponsor this week. Not a not a new one. We're um, Sandusky Missile Company is going to stay with us, uh, but we've had another one. And I know you guys on Sunday morning like to get up and smell those big old hot biscuits in the oven. A little bit of butter, maybe some molasses for you guys that are old enough to know what molasses are. Uh, some honey. Let's don't forget about the Martha White Biscuit Company. They make the best flour, self-rising flour there is. Tell that lady of yours to go out and buy some Martha White for them big old cat head biscuits that you like so well on Sunday morning. Goodness gracious, it's good. Brent, how you doing this week, bud? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, this another long work week come to a close. Well, that's uh, I think that's the way it is with everybody, and it's uh, weekend finally gets here, and you want to kind of wind down a little bit. Yeah, just wind down, catch up on all the other fun stuff like laundry and yard work and whatever else you have to do around the house that you put off during the week. <laughs> well, that's um, that's one of those things that just comes with the deal. Uh, you need to um, work on someone there to help you get that done. Yeah, that always helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, every week now, we're um, I think everybody knows we're doing a spotlight on a different team. And... Um, we got a lot of mail on that last week. A lot of, a lot of you guys out there really like that. And um, actually had a couple ask who was going to be this week's team, and um, I told them how they would find out when the broadcast is done. So I think that'll be a little bit of a something to wait for. Can't give away all the secrets. So absolutely, absolutely. We want to keep a little bit of it, a little bit of it under wraps. Um, but this week we're going to focus on one of the surprise teams in the league this year. And uh, this guy has uh, been extremely controversial. He has been um, just about as active as anybody is in the forum uh, with one comment after another. And to back all that up, you've got a 67-53 and 53 record at the time of this taping, and we're talking about the Beltway Billy Goats. Scott Ortmeyer, he has turned that team completely around. Um, Brent, um, any really quick thoughts on what, what he's doing right or wrong? Well, I mean, he he's kind of a surprise team. He He's in a fairly tough division. I mean, he's right up there with, he's ahead of the woo and the cramps. He's in the thick of the running. He's got a 554 winning percentage. Yep. I believe he is right now the second wild card team behind. Oh, who is he behind? Behind the Falcons. Yes, but well, actually, it's got him ahead. I think now. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're right there. I okay. Think he surpassed him the last time or I last think that's week. Right. Yeah. And the team is. When you first look at it on paper, you you really wouldn't think, oh, this guy's a contender. But I mean, he's got he's getting solid performances from his pitching. He's got Clint Barmus, who's finally had a resurgence after his incident where he broke his collarbone and then went to obscurity for like a year and a half. Right, right. You have Orlando Cabrera, who he's kind of done fairly solid. They um, they got actually um, if I'm looking at the numbers right here um, when you're looking at uh, guys like Paul Canerco um, he's got 16 home runs right now uh, Victor Martinez he, he fell off a little bit for him in the last little but he's got 58 RBIs batting 295 but um, 
how he was last year. He's he really has kind of well, not really been a surprise, but he um Ort was able to buy low on him, and that's one of the moves that I think is really paying off. Exactly, exactly. Uh, one thing I'm looking at here is uh, is Nelson Cruz. A um, little bit down on the batting average. Well, I'll say down. I mean, it's 266, respectable, but 21 homers and 52 RBIs. That's that's one of these big guys. And I noticed this week, and I was wondering who was going to do this. He grabbed up Andrew Jones. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's going to get a little tick out of you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I figured after the three home run night, um, somebody was going to reach out and touch him. Yeah, or just a little warning. He'll have moments where he will look like he'll do something, but just don't be fooled. He'll probably disappoint more than make you happy. <laughs> uh, I think he's done that to a few people. Yeah, um, and a couple probably more than once. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, the one thing I see that Ord has done so much this year is he's he's moved in and out, and I know that has been a little controversy um, on the forum as far as um, the pitching goes. Uh, but he's done the same thing with these with these batters. I mean, he's he's picked up things when he needs it. Um, uh, the pitching especially. Uh, the really the biggest thing he's got as far as pitching is. One of the biggest surprises this year, and Jason Marquise. Uh, definitely, especially uh, with him being in Colorado too. Absolutely, I mean he's eleven and five right now with a three sixty one ERA, and for Marquise, that's to me that's almost career right there. Um, well, it is, it is. Yeah. Um, he's simply um, making a good show, and he got him for me um, before the season started. And pretty well, Marquise to me was was my eleventh pitcher. He was one that was very expendable, and uh, yeah, I pretty well gave him away for nothing. Now, it was a very small trade that we made, and I didn't think a thing about it. But uh, you know, kind of looking back now, it's a uh, hmm. But that's one of those you never know. Yeah, I mean, and really, I mean, Marquis, the way he had been the past few seasons, it, he was just. I mean, the Cubs pretty much did the same thing. He was given away. It's, I mean, it was just he he only really had that one. The last year where he was solid was in St. Louis. Exactly. Right. Right. He really hadn't delivered in Chicago like they thought he would. And it. I mean, he. Had, I don't think anybody, both on in our league or in the pros, thought he would be doing what he's doing now, especially no. in Colorado. No, no, no. I mean, when you're when you're getting that kind of ERA and uh, his whip, I think is about one thirty. Uh, when you're doing that out there, I mean, that says something. Now, again, he's not uh, he's not striking out many people, but he never did. But he's got. Uh, I mean, he started seventeen games. He's got sixteen decisions. Uh, so that's um, that says a whole lot there. But the biggest thing that that. Scott's doing with this team is he's changing it. Uh, this is a different team almost week to week with the different players he's bringing in, moving out. And once again, I'll, I'll bring up there's been a lot of controversy in the forum, a lot of, let's say, friendly ribbing from a few people over that type of system. But the system works, and it's a, it's a, it's a very legal system as far as our rules go, and he, he's doing nothing wrong. To me, he's he's playing the old banjo string really tight. He, he really is. I mean, if you look, he doesn't – there's not really one pitcher that stands out as an ace. He's got Max Scherzer. He's starting to come into his own. He will, he'll probably be that team's ace, assuming that – or doesn't acquire anybody, which he might. Right. But it it's really – he's playing – He's playing the stream card really, really well right now. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I, he's in the wild card. He passed Earn, who we all know yeah. he is a tough team to go by. Exactly. I mean, it's working for him, and, hey, if it works, power to you. Well, I, I think he's 14 games over 500 right now. So, yeah, yeah, it's working. Everything is for him like that. Um, and I think I've seen the comment posted the other day that when the – 
deadline comes, which is already passed, that we can't pick up uh, pitchers uh, with under 100 innings or more yeah. batters under 350 at bat, that he was going to slow down a little bit. And uh, that's just happened, so we'll have to wait and see if he does. Uh, there's not any pitchers out there that would actually qualify um, that could be picked up. So he's going to pretty well have to run with what he's got. And if that makes any difference, I mean, it, it's it'll be according to what the pitchers he's got ends up doing. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of that will come down to who performs doing what. I mean, the, the, you got Bruce Chen. He may be dropped, but he may be picked up later. I mean, it's it, really the luck of the draw. But I mean, really, he's he's really making his strategy work right now. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's um, it's working extremely well. Uh, and he's arguably in one of the toughest divisions there is, um, um, as far as being behind the damage. Yeah, I mean, the damage is with their season that they're having this year. It's just he's with that 737. He's already almost at 100 wins. Right, it, right. Anybody would have a tough time trying to keep up with that. Exactly. Exactly. It's only been a couple of weeks since I played uh, Scott, and the one thing he does, and it, he can make you change your strategy with the amount of pitchers he was running in and out. And once you start doing that and you start losing focus, uh, maybe setting this one or putting this one in, uh, that makes a big difference. And it's a little bit, it, it's not psychological, but it, it can make you change what you would normally do. And then you get, and, that, you get in that mind frame of where you're not comfortable with what you're having to do, and then you could just mess up. And then, exactly. That's that's the main thing that um, that I see with, with he's, what he's doing with his pitching, and basically while we all know that's the one thing you can really control. Uh, just looking at one stat here, and this, this stat just, will floor you. He's had 283 games started this year. Good gosh. And that is the next closest to him is the Falcons, in which you would expect that from them. Yeah. And they've got 208. So he has he has really used this system to its max. And, um, okay, Team ERA is close to worst in the league. The whip is pretty well horrible at 145, but what he's been able to do with wins, strikeouts from from any given week, uh, is what's made that really tough. And and really, I've got to take my hat off to him. Um, I, I think he's done a real good job with that team, and I th I think it will get better. Um, the uh, his team batting is 269, which is okay. That's down. That's not that great, um, but still, you know, it, it's somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, uh, he's hit over 100 home runs, but then again, I think we've only got three teams that's under 100, so he, he's he's right in there with that too. And something else that I just kind of noticed is while his minor league pitching staff they're not they're not a lot of single and double a guys there are a ton of triple a guys exactly i was looking at they seem to get called up quite often like they'll call them up for this game and then send them back down which in a way that once those the deadline is hit he could just use his minor league system as his own streaming system to where he just calls up his own guys and sends and just kind of switches back and forth yeah 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 yeah, that's he's using that probably to the max. Now I've done that a little bit this year with Bergenson and, and Huff, and that's the only two that I've got that are pitching right now. And I think uh, after tonight, Bergenson will probably be uh, up to the hundred innings, which I'm I'm planning for that. That he'll be up for good, uh, but he's got a few more than that. Um, and I mean, there'll come a point with him that um, he's going to have to either keep or drop. And that's um, 
that's that's going to make a little bit of difference with with what he's doing. But again, he's opportunistic, and uh, I mean, if you if you look up and down at his at his whole lineup, he's I mean, he's not not got a whole lot of power, but he's got some power. Um, stolen bases, okay, it's not great, but it's enough to keep him in it. And it seems to me like that's kind of what he's got. And uh, it, it's a fairly good mix, and, and really he would be a team that, that would be dangerous. They, they kind of His team reminds me of the Angels. They He's kind of like the Angels where they don't have one player that shines the brightest. Right, right. It's kind of a, it's a broad shine to where they all kind of do above average. Right. And right. when you have that kind of a system, and really when it comes down to an injury, that could really be beneficial because where most people would have one or two big-name guys, and if those big-name guys go down, you're in trouble. Whereas if he has one of his guys go down, well, he can just pop somebody else with 10 home runs and 20 stolen bases and keep going right along. Exactly. That's that's a that's a system. Or that's a that's a team. That's yeah. It's almost like it sneaks up on you. Yeah. You you really don't. You you look up and down, and you look at these numbers, and you compare them, and you say, well, yeah, okay, this 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 won't really be a problem. And he just kind of slides right along, and the next thing you know, he, he's bit you. You know, you're you're snake bit. He's got you, and you don't expect it. Uh, so. You know, it, it's um, it's a team worth watching in the second half. That's for sure. And um, I mean, he's sitting right in there with with a really to me, he's got a playoff spot, and it's his to lose. And it, I know it really there's a lot down. Pardon me. Uh, it'll come down to how the trade deadline plays out. If the ones that are in the run for the wild card, they make some major moves. He may have to compensate to a degree, but. Right exactly. Now, it's good to go. Exactly. Right yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, and and that's something coming up that I'm sure we're going to touch on in a week or two about the trade deadline. There's already been a couple so-so um, impact trades, uh, and actually uh, looking at Scott's lineup, he has some. He's got some pieces here he could really work with. If he needed a, a impact pitcher or or some type of batter, um, I think uh, probably one of his biggest biggest needs would be you know, about the same thing as me, and that's closer. Yeah. Um, he's, that, I think that's a need for a lot of teams right now. <laughs> well, that's. Um, you know, I, I can I can get on that from four years ago, um, when we we changed the system from uh, mandatory five starters to closers. That's all you could have in the active pitchers at any one time to seven, and you can use whatever you want. And I think it was even quoted to me that well, I made the comment then that okay, some some teams are going to end up with four or five closers. And some teams none. And the comment was made that, you know, that can't happen. It'd take five years for it to happen. Well, it's it's happened, and that is the one um, uh, lopsided part that we have a lot of teams with closers and a lot without. But then again, I mean, some teams choose to go more that direction than they do the other, and that's totally totally their prerogative to choose whichever way they want to go. I mean, it really comes down to how you how you manage your team and what you plan to do with it. The yeah, the um, I mean, the styles here are so different um, between managers. What they um, and I think it's been a couple of weeks ago when me and Ern were talking. And uh, we were talking about making a trade offer uh, to different teams. And some teams, when you make an offer that you would think, well, this is not very good, I mean, that team would jump all over. I love this. And that goes back to, you know, certain managers like different things. And you never know what will happen if you make an offer. Um, 
you know, I've, I've, we've saw this week that um, that Mr. Joe has made his uh, yearly trade. Um, so um, we was, pretty well know that's over with for the year now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was a huge, that was a lot of talent in that trade going really both ways. That was oh, absolutely, absolutely. That kind that, of floored me when I saw it. You can. Um, you can look at it and you can say, oh, yeah, Joe got the best of that. Then you can look at it and say, well, maybe not. You know, and it's kind of like, you need, kind of need to wait and see how this plays out. Yeah, that's, that's pretty well where that one is. E- either one of those guys can, can in two years, can jump, can look great with that trade. If Matt Wetters and, and uh, David Price, if they do what they're projected to do, uh, they can be the heart and soul of the team. Definitely. I mean, that's simple as that. And um, so that, that's a that's a trade that's going it, to... It's, it's going to come down to see how these guys pan out, really. Uh, really, the only one... Well, the biggest one was Pedoria. You kind of know what he's going to end up doing and what he's going to be. You kind of know what you got with him. Mm-hmm. At a thin position too. So with uh, with Scott's team, um, my final word on them is I'm giving him a big thumbs up. I think he's done one hell of a job uh, getting this team where it's at. Um, it's a team nobody expected to be where it's at, and. Um, you know, the guy is always doing something with it, and, and that's the whole thing with the BDL is uh, yeah. activity. So, Mr. Ortmeyer, we give you a big thumbs up wherever you may be in that big 747. Okay, we're going to jump down to the trade review. We don't have a whole, whole lot of trades this week, but we do have a few, and maybe one that's a little, little more than the others. But um, yeah, there's not really one that stands out like last week, where you had the DeRosa trade, where it was a fairly big name. Right, right. I mean, the biggest one really is the first one that we have on our list, which was uh, happened on the fifth, is where the Athletics acquired Scott Harrison from the Padres for Craig Italiano, Brian Webb, and a player to be named later. The, Good old dreaded player to be named later. Yeah, that's the one that always worries you. <laughs> I mean, gotta love them. Yep, yep. And sometimes they turn out to be the best one. Yes, they do. And we. Well, have, I, uh, I think uh, Scott Hurston fit in good. Yeah, I mean, I think that that will probably help help him help his value. I see him getting better. He's going to. I mean, the athletics—they're still not contenders, but at least he's getting out of Petco. Right, right. Harrison was putting up some pretty good numbers, even for being where he was in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And it'll also, um, it'll help Chase Headley. He should have another spot. He He's kind of shifted between third and outfield. He could see more time in the outfield and would help him get more at-bats. Same with Kyle Blanks. He's originally a first baseman, which with Adrian Gonzalez, there's no way he's getting any time there. No, no. And I think I had read on him that um, they were going to try him in AAA and outfield. They were going to give him some playing time there. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, they'd been um, experimenting a little yeah. bit there. So anything to help that line up. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I'm. You know, you know, I've got Adrian Gonzalez, and he's been putting up some actually great numbers this year, but. Right now, I mean, they're pitching around him so badly. It's 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 a joke to even watch it. They're not even throwing anything close to him, yeah. and they don't have to. I mean, with um, there's nobody behind him they can hit, and um, so it's um it's four pitches outside and take your base right now with him. Which really, I guess you could could have him as being one player that was hurt by this trade because with Harrison, he was the only number two bat and you could stick him behind Adrian and Adrian could see some pitches yeah 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 um yeah that uh, you're, you're definitely right there 
Um, I kind of hope that um, Kuzminoff would have stepped up a little more this year, maybe even Headley to give him some protection. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the first part of the year, Adrian was, was really good. I mean, he was, I think he's got 24 home runs right now. He's not hit one in quite a while. But there's just simply nothing behind him to protect him. And as long as he stays in San Diego, it's going to be the same thing uh, until he gets out of there. Definitely. I mean, it. San Diego just needs help. <laughs> uh, immense amounts of it. Absolutely. Well, what's all we got next on the list? Uh, well, we got. I mean, we have a couple more pitchers. I don't really. Oh, pitchers. Shoot. <laughs> I feel this with Oakland that I'm Jack Cust. I could see him losing some time. Holiday definitely not with what they paid to get him. Right, right. Aaron Cunningham. It'll probably be a little bit longer for him to get called up. Although, from experience, when he was getting called up, he wasn't doing a lot. And I think one of the relievers is supposed to come into the bullpen for San Diego. And Heath Bell's not going to lose his spot. No, the only other, no. The only other reliever that was owned, that's owned in our league is Clay Meredith. He could. I don't really see him losing that much time. Meredith's. He's been there long enough. No, he's been been there a while with him, yeah. Barring him really having a huge slump, which could happen, it has happened. He'd lose playing time to Taliano. Right. That's about all for that one, so let's... Right. The next day, the Royals acquired Ryan Friel and Cash from the Cubs for a player to be named later. Okay, that dreaded player to be named again. And, it and cash from the Cubs. Anytime you get a player to be named and cash from the Cubs, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really. This one doesn't probably isn't going to affect a lot of people. No, real, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. Um, I don't actually. Right off, I don't know how he's owned in our league. Um, real himself, I don't think is. I don't think so either. Um, he, he's more of a, I mean, the teams are not going to use him every day. And if they do, he's going to end up running into an outfield wall somewhere and, you know, again. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because when he did that, it's, that seems to be kind of the moment when he kind of fell off in a way. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I don't know if maybe it was just a coincidence. It very well could be, but. I mean, it just seems like his heyday was probably Cincinnati when he was stealing those bases and getting 270, 280 batting averages. And but then he'd done the same thing there. Yeah. He went right through the center field wall, and that was it for him. And, uh, you know, the same thing with uh, with Baltimore. And So I don't know. I, I just think he's, he's – it's not going to be – this trade won't be that big of um, – it won't be that big of a effect for anyone, I don't think. I mean, because I mean, event really, you, the Royals did the same thing. They got um, Bentoncourt from Seattle, and him and Friel right. play pretty much the same position. Exactly. Friel being a little bit more flexible, he can play more positions, but Friel is he's a utility guy, low-end utility now, I, with all the players that we have listed to being possibly effective. I don't see it being any issue. I really don't. No, no, I don't either. I don't think it'll be um, be anything at all, really. And we have the White Sox acquiring Tony Pena from the Diamondbacks for first base prospect Brandon Allen. Right. Now, I think Brandon's in double A, fairly young, doing pretty solid. I could... See him coming up in the second half, potentially taking away spots, um, some at bats from um, Chad Tracy. Connor Jackson is still out with pneumonia. Yeah, they're yeah. they're wondering if he may not be out for the whole season. Yeah, that was a, I had read a little bit about that. That it you know, wasn't he wasn't doing really good. So they say it's it's a very slow process, and it's frustrating him because there are days I think where he says it where he feels like he could play, but he really can't. Right. So he's right. just sitting there. And he, his stock had already fallen pretty bad beforehand. This really can't help. Yeah. yeah. If they ever have an injury to first base, to what they have currently now, and Allen comes up and possibly does well, 
I, it could be Jackson being moved out of Arizona. Right, right, right. And that's and that's a guy that had a lot of hype too. Yeah, he really, really did. Really did, and he was um, he, he was a player that um, a couple of years ago a lot of people really wanted him and, and gave some good stuff for him. And um, he he simply not lived up to really anything yet. He, I mean, he really had one year where it looked like he had promise, kind of, really kind of like Chad Tracy. I mean, it's exactly. almost a mirror exactly. thing. Yeah. Because Tracy had that one year in 05, I believe, where he had like almost 30 home runs, and that's when you heard the talk. It's like, oh, man, he's going to be awesome, and he's going to be great, which, I mean, I was, I kind of agreed. I was waiting for him to just be constant 30, 35 home run guy. Yeah, yeah. 290 batting average. And that, I mean, sometimes it's it's like that. I, I think, you know, when uh, I think a lot is um, is taken too much on what a lot of analysis say um, when they, you know, when they put the can't miss label, yeah, um, you know, on a player. I mean, this is the next. Um, I've got one in my minor league system. Um, that I'm hoping at some point will really be good, and uh, uh, the analysis are uh, oh, just just think the next Derek Jeter. <laughs> you know, that's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on a player, much less even compare him that way. Not that I'm a Derek Jeter fan; I think he's overrated as hell. But if he was, if he had to, could do the same thing Jeter did, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, would be a good shortstop or second baseman, whichever the case may be. But a lot of times when I read stuff like that, that, that doesn't even sink in. Um, it, it's pretty well, you know, show me. What, what have you done? Let's see it happen. And sometimes that's too late. Sometimes you, you know, the player's gone by then. And um, so, again, I mean, it's, it, it, it's hard to figure sometimes on who's going to be what and what they're going to do. It, it, I'm the same way. I mean, I've... I want to see what they can do. I really could care less what a scouting report says. I could care less what Joe Schmo says when he saw him that one game where he made. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. That that's the very thing. Yeah. I mean, when the scouts go and watch them, it's very easy to be there and time it to where that player just has a great game, and and you fall into the trap. Yeah. And um, you know they say, you know he's gonna. Well, uh, one quick example that um, uh, Chris Carter, um, he's in my minor league system. I'm sure you remember that name. Yep. And Wallabies. Uh, <laughs> Wallabies. And uh, 39 home runs in single A. Um, and, and you just look at that and you say, okay, man, this is, you know, we've got to have him. He's hit 39 home runs. Now, okay, this is single A. And I mean, he may end up being—he may end up being a starting player, but he may end up being one that's okay, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four home run guy. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times, things like that, you read really too much into it. Um, I mean, I hope he turns out to be you know, what he's showing, but um, again, that's a, that's a sometimes a little bit of a, a little misleading what you read. Yeah, part of me may not want him to do what he's supposed to do. <laughs> but part of you, I would say, would not like to see that, considering what Pat Burrell has done. Uh, we won't go into that for the show. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll leave that one out, I think. Um, uh, that's, uh, I'm sure that's a little bit of a... Yeah, okay. <laughs> for another time. I could fill a whole hour just on that, but anyway... <laughs> Okay, what have you got next for us here now? Uh, well, the, there was really nobody else that would be affected. The biggest name that would be could be would be Jinx, and I don't see that happening unless he's hurt. No, he's, in, no. he's entrenched at closer. So exactly. Yeah. Moving right yeah. along here, I mentioned this briefly earlier in the Ryan Friel deal. Is the later the Royals acquired Ulinski's Bentoncourt. I probably said that first name horribly yeah, wrong. Yeah, right. For Daniel Cortez and Derek Sato. In Sato, and Cortez 
I believe the Rockets have him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Look that up, yeah. And I'm really not familiar with their minor league system, but if he makes it to the big leagues, that should help. Definitely right. better than Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is kind of like a cesspool of, the, of MLB. but <laughs> Pretty well, yeah. Yep, exactly. But, I mean, again, with Bentoncourt, he'll get more time. He'll just probably decimate what value Rio had. I can with uh, Colospo there. He probably not play shortstop as much. Their starting shortstop was Tony Pena at one point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yep. I think last year he had the worst batting average for somebody with as many at bats as he had, or something like that. So I mean, it Pena will probably not play. He may have been released, I believe, but probably that. Uh, yeah, Mike, I think so. The surprise, one of the the sleepers from last season, Michael Avilles. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came out last year and really made a made a charge. And he, um, I think he had Tommy John. He yeah. Assuming he comes back fine, he should ta- he should bump Benton Court probably, or they may slide people around and move somebody. But a. They'll probably they'll give him every opportunity to come back from his injury, right? And right. I fully see him bumping Bittencourt. Yep, yeah, I think you're right there. I really do. And the final one, and the final one, the one that probably we'll get into other stuff in a bit, but one that uh-huh. most people saw happening: the Mets acquired Jeff Francoeur from the Atlanta Braves for Ryan Church. Frank Coeur for Church. Okay. We've got the, um, and if I remember right, uh, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it was The Natural. Mm. Jeff Frank <laughs> Um I'm going to let Brent jump right all over this one. Uh, I think he's got a little personal interest in this one. Well, um, Initially, I don't. I don't think the trade will affect many people. At least on the Braves side, it should get Garrett Anderson's pretty much a regular anyway. Matt Diaz will play more. McLuth, he shouldn't be affected. Frankor will probably play every day initially in New York. Fernando Martinez may stay in AAA again, at least mm-hmm. initially. Ryan Church, he he probably play fairly frequently. Sheffield may lose some time to him, just just on rest, maybe. Or according to who's striking out the least. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and you have Carlos Beltran, which when he comes back, somebody's going to move. Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to it's not going to be him. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's there when he when he's ready to play. That's for sure. But um, with the Frank Gore deal, I just want to kind of go off topic here for a little bit. <laughs> okay, we're going to get on the soapbox a little now. It, Jeff Francoeur, it has been known for a while that Braves fans either hate him or love him, that he's the uh-huh. greatest thing ever. And Well, he just needs more time. He just needs this. Well, my God, the man's had almost 3,000 at-bats on the pro level. Okay. He had one good, solid year. Most A lot of scouts were saying, well, where did he even come from to do this? He had bad peripherals in the minors to begin with. And God forbid you talk bad about Frank Hoare to one half of the Braves fans because they'll just jump down your throat. All right. And another one that's even worse is Neil Escobar. Okay. He, I can't stand him. I uh-huh. would to get rid of him. I would pay a team to take him. <laughs> I, I just, it, I maybe it's just how I view the Braves and how they do things. They generally don't take the players with attitudes. Escobar right. is a walking attitude at this point. I mean, Bobby Cox is it is pretty much throwing his hands up at sitting him getting through to him to stop it. Right. And it's it's ridiculous. He will make errors by trying to be flashy. Which number one, the Braves don't do flashy. And then you have an attitude on top of that. You're just asking to get thrown out. But what that doesn't bother me as much as we're going to go back to the fan base here. It, it, every team 
has a devoted fan base, and you've always got the eccentric ones. You've got oh, those sure. That, sure. That team cannot do any wrong. Some right. of the worst fan base, you have Boston and New York, and God help if you have two of them in the same room. <laughs> you have the Cubs, which I'm sure that's going to generate some comments on the forum after saying that. Well, that's okay. You have the Cubs fans, and then you have the Braves fans. But here's the thing about the Braves fans. Most, even the worst teams, they usually have two camps. The right. The eccentric ones that think no matter what they do is wrong, and then you have the rational ones that are just okay. Well, that that trade was bad for the Yankees, or that okay. that move was bad for us, or whatever. But the Braves, they've got the two groups. But then with the the crazy irrational side, they've got like a two sets of groups there. You've got the the eccentric ones that just love Franco or love. Escobar, and then you have them split to where they hate them, right? To where they would just give them away, kind of, sort of how I fall sometimes. <laughs> but it's just insane because I kid you not, this was I look at MLBTradeRumors.com a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, I look at that too. And there was one line mentioned. This will give you an idea. One line mentioned in one article where it said Escob- the Braves might be looking to move Escobar. On average, every post on that site generates between 20 to 50 comments. That one line, which had other player trade information on it, generated 250 comments about people bitching about Escobar, saying either get rid of him or keep him. Right. Either loving him or hating him. There was not a rational one in the bunch, because one person said it would take at least... Four of the top ten prospects from Boston and a solid major league pitcher to even consider getting Escobar because he's that good. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's ridiculous. Yep. It makes me ashamed to be a Braves fan sometimes. It really does. It it's disgusting that you you just you're that you're that pro a player to where you just have no concept of being rational. Right, right. You know, it, it gets disgusting. Sometimes it's funny. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, look at this dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it, enough is enough. Just kind of think before you think, um, think before you think, yeah. Think before you post stuff or just sit back and try not to be such a homer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the, the beginning of the year, I mean, I traded for Frank Coor, and I ended up moving him. But I kind of fell into probably the same trap you're talking about because I was reading a lot of stuff. And, again, um, the, some of the stuff I was reading was not necessarily coming from uh, a scout or anything like that. It was more or less coming from him um, you know, saying, okay, I know what I've done wrong. You know, I went to the weight room too much. I bulked up too much. I got too slow. Uh, I've cut that back. And, um, you know, I'm much more leaner now. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading all this. And this is more or less coming from him, not not someone's opinion. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you know. Um, you know, he had a um, help me out here. Two thousand seven was when he. Oh six was his first year when he was called up, but it wasn't a full year. Oh seven was when he. Seven was when he really. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, this is coming from him. This is not coming from somebody that thinks so and so is going to do what. It's coming straight from him. So, you know, he's going to turn his act around. So I traded for him, and um, kept him for a while, and ended up moving him on, and. Um, I'm glad I did, um, because he just, you know, he, he's not turned into be anything. And I don't think him going to the Mets is going to make any difference. I think it's going to hurt him. Yeah, yeah, that, more and more, yeah. Atlanta is yeah. not very, you don't have a lot of pressure there. <laughs> right. Gosh, help him. Gosh, yeah. help him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... Um, I mean, he'll be basically a sub or a platoon player, um, if he's lucky. Yeah. 
he'll start at first. I don't see it lasting. No, no, I don't think so either. I really don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, get you a drink of water there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump in to actually one of the one of the favorite um, segments of the show. Got a lot of mail last week over this, the mailbag. And um, I've got three managers this week that have sent questions. And to be honest with you, I've got so many questions that we're not going to be able to use them all. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is we're going to get one or two from each one, and then I'm going to hold some of these questions for a future show. Uh, it was amazing that the response uh, was just tremendous. And, and some questions are really, really good. Some are very controversial. I don't think we'll get into one of those in a few minutes. Yeah, I see one of them that could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, one can really be a, be a hot topic, um, and we'll, we'll jump on that one um, oh, in a couple of minutes. Um, probably the one I'm going to start with first comes from Joe. And... Uh, Basically, his question is pretty simple, but it really makes you think. What is the one trade you would make as a GM of any other team to help that team? Hmm. And that's that's quite a tough question. Um, the I'll let you answer first because I've got to look well, up people here. <laughs> I, um, with this one, I could answer this one with two or three ways, with two or three different teams. Um, and the one that would, that I would probably say, and this, this is again, this is a, this is a probably, and a uh, could be totally wrong. I think if I were the manager of the Falcons. I would get everything I could get right now out of David Ortiz. Yeah, I think I would. Um, I would look for now. Ortiz has got some years left. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I think this year, and I mean, this has been talked about and talked about. Um, and actually, right now, he's really kicked it up. He, he's he's getting back to the more Ortiz style. But I think I would take him and use him to get what I could. Um, I would look at a closer for him uh, to really solidify that team. Uh, I don't. I'm not so sure Cheryl how long he's going to be in Baltimore, and that's uh, one of Burns' biggest closers, or he is the biggest closer. Uh, I think I would look at something like that. I think a lot of teams could use Ortiz um, in. Uh, I mean, I'd like to have him. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a still a good hitter. And if you want to say, okay, you know, you got two more years worth of forty home runs plus. I mean, that's what you hope's going to happen. Um, or even draft picks. And I mean, that that sounds a little low for that name. But um, but that would probably be the move I would look at making. Well, I think I found one little. Um, should be interesting. Mm-hmm. With the way that Albert Pujols is putting together a season like he is, oh wow! I would say Johnny should probably cash in high. Cash in high, okay. Trade Pujols. I'm not saying this as a benefactor of the trade being in the same division as him. All right. <laughs> but I mean, he's putting he's on pace to have, I believe, his. First sixty home run season. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Pretty close absolutely. to it. He's gonna. He's on pace for career highs in stolen bases. The one of the let's see, one of his top batting average seasons. One hundred and thirty runs. One hundred and fifty six RBIs. I mean, it. One hundred and thirty walks. And he's pretty. He's. He's has that arm injury. They were saying last year he probably would need Tommy John. By, that, with it. Yeah, I was going to mention that. And yeah. what, what's happened to all that? I, I haven't really heard anything else about it. 
If but, he's going to hit like this and needs Tommy John, everybody needs that. I mean, that, you know, I don't know what the injury is, but if it's going to cause this. But, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's a – I mean, if unless it healed itself over the winter, I would probably, if I were Johnny, maybe over the break, I'd shop pool holes and get – But could you I get could. could you get really what he's worth? You know, it would almost probably be prohibitive for every team just because of the sheer number of players they'd have to give up. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I think. Um, um, Unless he gets, like, an entire batch of picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I inquired, oh, this has been uh, several months ago, about A-Rod. And... Um, you know nothing, nothing against uh, against Jeff, but I mean he asked for, you know, basically my next born, <laughs> and uh, you know it was uh, two pitchers and two batters and you know for him and okay, a rod's a rod. He's going to hit the homer. He's going to get the RBIs. Not so much right now, but it's I mean it's still going to happen. And you know he's a valuable player, but he's simply not worth, you know. That kind of that kind of thing, um, and I I, I I have to agree with you on that with Pujols. I, mean, I can, and he's already I think he's twenty eight. He's peaking now, so and he and Johnny has got stuff to replace a lot of his production. He's exactly he, exactly. He is one of the better traders when he gets a when he does a trade and. More than times than not, he seems to be the one to come out on top. Right, right. So I think he could replace him to a not replace him completely, but to a degree, he could get to a degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what you're saying, I mean, you can spread this out. I mean, you've got um, maybe a couple of you know 14 game winners and a you know a 25 home run guy, something to that um, you know to that effect, and. Uh, you know that's um, that's a tough one, but uh, yeah, I have to agree with you there. Okay, since we've pissed off a lot of people on that one, we'll jump to another <laughs> one. <laughs> um, I'm going to run over here, and um, I got one from Don. And um, Don has um, sent a question that could generate some interest. Um, we're glad to hear from Don, by the way. Um, with parity in in fantasy leagues in our league, deals or trades are hard to come by, and it's hard to come by when parity occurs. Now, a is this hurting our league, short term or long term? And we'll stop it right there. There's two more parts to the question. But I think that's where I'm going to hold it before I give the other two parts. Um, the parody uh, part with his question, I do have a little, I won't say trouble with, but Air League is not total parody right now. We're getting better at it. Um, I mean, things are coming. I mean, you got the Billy Goats coming. you got Baltimore coming. Um, and these are teams this year that nobody expected. It was... It was almost cut and dried. Okay, here's the four division winners and here's the playoff teams. And it's not even close to that. I mean, this is going to be a, a pick it up and throw it out when it comes down to playoffs. That's the parity part, but you've still got a couple of divisions that, you know, the, the teams have got that 25 and 26 game lead. Yeah. <clears throat> so the parity is not exactly there, in my opinion. Um, if trades are hard to come by, um, you know, I mean, in in my way of thinking, I mean, you're just going to have to get tougher with the trades. Uh, go out and try to trade for a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, you just can't do it. I mean, that's that's hard to do. So you kind of have to just suck it up and give up something to get what you want. Um, yeah, and that, that's kind of the way I see the first part of his question. What what do you think? Anything other than that you want to add, or for, 
pitching, yeah, you've got to you're going to have to pay through the nose if it's going to be a good pitcher. Right. You see a lot of teams maybe paying a solid player for a pitcher that is an injury risk or a player that or a pitcher that had like three bad years in a row but like before he used to be an ace. <clears throat> right, right. And you're having to give up somebody that can hit 25, 30 home runs a year consistently just to get that. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, that's part of what's making this league so much better. I mean, you're, you're not going out and just um, giving up a, oh, just, just for name, I'll throw out there, Ian Snell or something like that. Mm-hmm. You've got to give up something to get something. And it, it, I think the days are done when you're going to see a lot of the, well, I'll take these three um, uh, double-A guys, and you come away with um, you know, a 15-16 game winner. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. It's it's a show-me-the-money now. Yeah. And, uh, the, sec- the, the second little part of that question was, is this hurting our league short-term or long-term? Um, I don't think it's hurting either way, to be honest. Um the short term, uh, with what's going on right now, is just, it's tougher. The long term, it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, and it really, it's with the short term and long term, it'll probably be the same, but different teams. With different exactly, values. yeah, 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 you're 100% right there. It's kind of like kind of like a tide, or if, if you will, that like you have the good, you may be good for like a three-year stretch, then you may be horrible. It's just all about who has what, what you have got to give up to get it. Like, one person may value Brian McCain one way. I think he's the greatest catcher ever to live. Right. So, I mean, it's it all depends on who it is and what well, they have. And what they I mean. think we touched on that a little bit on the last show. And and this goes back to, um, I'm, I'm going to jump back up to his first question, uh, trades are hard to come by. Um if, if you make a trade that benefits you, if, if you need a closer and you need it desperately and you give up a 30-home run guy for that closer, mm-hmm. and that may look like a horrible trade, but you've got three more of those 30-home run guys down there, that's a good trade for you. Yeah, That's got you what you needed. So giving up something like that, and I, I see a little bit of that in the league. You know, the teams kind of, you know, I'm not giving this up, not giving that up, although I need this. And then when that happens, they kind of look like, oh, well, you know, he, he burned him, he, he eat him up, you know, bad trade. Well, look at what the team needed before you haul a bad trade. Exactly. And um, and uh, let's see, that was the A part, the B part to his question. Um, well, B and C. Uh, B is our roster sizes. Roster sizes too big. Hmm. I'm I'm going to jump out on a limb, and I know we've had a couple in the league that even wanted to go to thirty instead of twenty eight. <laughs> um. I could actually do twenty five. I could do the major league limit um, and then be totally happy with that. I don't think 28 is too big. I th- actually think it's about right. Um, and I don't think it will ever be cut any lower than that. Not, I don't think it would ever pass the vote. <laughs> no, it would never would. Never not would. Never. No, oh, absolutely not. Um, but, you know, if just for the sake of argument, if it was at 25, it would make it a lot tougher. You'd have a lot more free agents out there. You would be doing things a little bit differently. But then again, once once a lot of these free agents are back in our pool, when these when the minor leaguers come up, it's going to make it about the same. So really the 28 to me is a very good number. For the Major League 28, I could... I could probably swing 30, just I like round numbers. <laughs> um, 
and hey, fourteen goes in twenty-eight twice. Come on. <laughs> and I mean, right now, I really could use it because I've got two pitchers that are about to hit a hundred innings. But right, right, mm. right. Well, that that goes back to what I said. There, you're going to have to dump two players when that happens if you want to keep the two, or you're going to have to dump them. And this goes back to I think of the radio show I've done with TMO saying that the parity is going to get better and better once these players go back in the player pool. The longer we go like this, the more players that are going to be in it. And I'm seeing it this year. So I think when that happens, the roster size of 28 is not going to make any difference. I think I think it's a good size. Yeah. Now, and the last one, the part C of his question, and... Um, and this this would probably make one person I know of probably jump up straight up and down. Cap cap the number of free agent pickups to induce more trades. Well, we 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 had that experiment before. Yeah, yeah, I we think did. we went through that. But uh, induce more trades. Do you think that would induce more? I think it would. Strictly on the trade side of that it probably would because that way you could get players without having to use up your limit. Right, right, right. But it, when you get towards the end of the year and you're trying to keep track of all the players you have added, <clears throat> number, it can get confusing. Right. And there's no real automatic way to keep track of that stuff unless you make something from scratch or something like that. Exactly, and exactly. It, but strictly speaking for that question, I think it would increase the number of trades. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. I do Maybe. agree with that. I mean, you wouldn't have much choice. Uh, you would pretty well have to do it. Uh, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, uh, we, we've already voted um, on the winter meetings to um, eliminate um, the cap, and I think it was at Forty, I think, uh, a couple of years ago. Initially, was forty. Then it was forty-eight. Yeah, right. And we added right. the minor leaguers, and then we voted to completely do away with that. And uh, one thing I, I'm very much against is, um, I mean, that, that's been voted down. And anything that's been voted on, decided on, you know, I really don't want to see it up again. <laughs> it, it's done. It's finished. And. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to jump from that one, and we're going to take one more quick question. And this is from Brian. Um, this is the uh, first time Brian Kasky's had a question here. It's um, a pretty good question. We had several from him that we're going to use in a future show. Um, which of the current BDL teams that have a below 500 record do you think offers the fastest turnaround? So I'm going to assume that means the fastest to back to 500. Now that takes a little thought. Below 500. I would... Probably at first glance, I'd say the Bulldogs. They're they're so close, and they're so close to Scotty. I mean, they're right. like a half a game between each other. Right. And real, they could go out. They could be even past that epidemic if the moons line up right, and they right. make the big trades. So, but with Scotty being at five hundred, I'd say the Bulldogs. Probably, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's a about was going to be my same answer with that one. Um, you could take... Well, actually, you, you might even just look at the question in different ways. Um, um, if you consider a team under 500, I mean, that could be anybody... Well, anybody that's under 500, even if it's only one or two games or 25. But... Um, Fastest turnaround. Honestly, the way things are going right now, I don't think it's going to be a fast turnaround for much of anybody. Because this is, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten so um, 
week to week, you really don't know what's going to happen. And it's either either teams are really close or they're so far behind it's a non-issue. Right, I mean, right. We, we saw yesterday Don posted where he was going to do rebuilding. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that. I saw the that. Brotherhood, had, they, they essentially did that with their trade to get Weeders and Price. Yep, yep. And most people probably figured out by now the Wallabies are also in that camp. So, <laughs> well, um, I, I think the Wallabies will be there at some point. I think the <laughs> I think the tide's going to turn a little bit there in the future. Uh, the way um, the way some of the things are going. I mean, with the players this year. Uh, the ups and downs, and uh, I, I know we've we've talked about this before. Uh, TMO's talked about it, and actually had one question about it that we're going to save for another time. I mean, it goes right back to the generals. Um, you know, you start the season, you look at the numbers, and you think, you know, well, you know, my God, uh, you know, just go ahead and give him a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, it simply don't work like that, and then you you go down at the, all at the same time, and you look look at the um, sports team, and you're thinking, okay, uh, 50 wins maybe, you know, last place, and I mean it's it's completely okay. Barry is 14 over 500 in a playoff spot if it ended right now, and um, the general's out. And if you'd have showed that at the beginning of the year, if you'd have said that at the beginning of the year, I mean, people would have laughed you out of place. I mean, that's just, that's impossible. So some of the things that's been happening are a little bit, I mean, it's making it really interesting. It really, really is. I mean, there's a couple, there are a few teams this year that have doing opposite of what they were expected or thought people, what they would do. Right, right. Okay, um, that was only three questions out of the mailbag, but uh, most of those were fairly long. And um, from the guys that sent them in this week, uh, we're going to use your questions next week. I mean, you, you guys left some really good ones. Uh, we're not going to leave you out of them. We're going to we're going to continue to use them. Um, and kind of looking at the clock on the wall and. Uh, See, we've been here just about our limit. Yeah, it looks like it. And um, so we've uh, we really hope you've enjoyed the second version, the second episode of um, the Full Count. And uh, for Brent Lewis, this is Mark Wampler, the old left-hander, around in third and heading for home. This is Brent waiting in the batter's box. Good night, everyone. Yeah.